Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. Oh, that is absolutely gorgeous, isn't it? And it just makes you feel regal on this Sunday morning. Um, it's uh, Leslie Garrett, CBE, the London Community Gospel Choir. And that wonderful, deep, rich voice that you could hear is uh, all Mr. Rodney, uh, Rodney Earl Clark. Good morning, Rodney. How are you doing? Good morning, Kev. How, how, and how are you doing? Oh, I'm, 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 that song, it just makes you want to stand to attention, doesn't it? It's, it's, it, it, so... it does, it really, it, <laughs> it really uh, grabs your senses. <laughs> oh, it, it does indeed. So now then, uh, there's lots and lots to talk about uh, with yourself. So let, let's start at the beginning. When did you first realise that you had got this amazing voice that you've got? Oh, well, look, um, I've been singing from a very early age, from as, from as young as seven. Um, I've always sung hymns at uh, school in the assemblies and so forth, and I I really enjoyed that kind of um, really upbeat start to the day, singing hymns. And then I uh, was very fortunate enough to join a cathedral choir in uh, South East London, St George's Cathedral Choir, and there I really experienced what it was like to be part of a, a team, part of a choir, learning and singing wonderful church music and performing in front of quite often large congregations. And it was a joy to be able to use my voice to um, move people. Well, it, it definitely moves people now, and I suppose back then as well, it, it really had the effect. So, and I know that you said that, uh, you know, you sort of, it, it was more of a sort of, if you like, gospelly churchy type uh, thing that you were listening to. Away from that, what sort of music did you listen to uh, when, when you were younger? What, what records did you buy? If there were still records in the, in, you know, sort of, or was it, was it CDs? Yeah, oh no, no, it was very much, it was very much LP. Marvellous, marvellous, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. <laughs> and, um, and I, uh, I would listen to uh, quite an eclectic mix from the, uh, from the LPs that were at home on my parents' um, uh, shelves, ranging from Marvin Gaye, Fats Domino, uh, Aretha Franklin to uh, Bach, and uh, Mendelssohn's sonatas and and and, and symphonies, etc., that were um, there just at your fingertips, just to place on the um, on the stylus on the turntable and get going. So I was really fortunate to have quite a wide range of um, music to listen to, and uh, still to this day, really enjoy switching off from. Um, Switching off from what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis and putting something completely different on, you know, keeping it, keep, keep it all fresh. You know what? Back in sort of maybe a couple of decades ago, when pe- people would probably think stuff like Aretha Franklin, the Fats Domino, or you know, things like that, and and then sort of classical music, they, they wouldn't mix. But nowadays, you know, we're, we're having sort of full orchestras like the you know Royal Philharmonic and the London Symphony Orchestra making records and putting orchestral backings to, to classic people like Aretha Franklin. And and it fits so well. Um, and last week, um, you know, we, we sort of announced the Bob Marley thing with the Chinecki Orchestra. Who would have thought that Bob Marley would have been sort of, if you like, releasing records to an orchestral background? And I, I think the, the genres now, they, they seem to have really merged quite well. And people are accepting classical and maybe pop music altogether, aren't they? Well, it's one of those things that you suddenly realise that um, how much the orchestral, the symphonic sound 
packs a punch. I mean, when we listen to film scores or um, TV programs, the soundtracks that are often going on in the background are are being performed by full orchestras. And it is great that artists are looking to really involve true strings, real instruments, as opposed to electronically created sounds um, to to build their musical repertoire. What would you consider being the break that really started your career? What what kicks really kick-started your career for you? I would struggle answering that question because I always feel that I'm still... <laughs> still just climbing and still just enjoying enjoying the ride but i think i've i've had a number of key uh opportunities been given to me and i think the first one to be honest was the opportunity to be part of the uh, um the cathedral choir uh, roman catholic cathedral choir singing those ch- singing church music and really getting cutting my teeth on singing and performance and then after as i sang the bass solos in Handel's Messiah many, many years ago as a student at Dulwich College in the in the uh, spring concert and was singing the solo parts alongside uh, my teachers who were singing the other solo parts and my, my schoolmates were in the choir behind me. So there was a, uh, there was a big flag um, wake-up call to me saying that this is something that obviously I should pursue. Then fast forward a couple of years and being... Um, uh, um, invited to the uh, Royal Academy of Music and the experiences that I had there, the whole seven years there, the fast forward to working with the amazing Birmingham Opera Company and the late Graham Vick, who um, has the ability to really draw out the art, draw out the voice and the talent from the artist and put it out there in a way that um, has the most effect with the community and and then I've worked abroad a lot and worked at the BBC Proms with the John Wilson Orchestra. Um, that was a, an amazing event for me, uh, singing Old Man River alongside the likes of Seth MacFarlane and Sierra Bogus and um, Julian Ovenden in front of a packed Royal Albert Hall. These all this experience that when I look back, um, I'm extremely grateful for. Now, anybody listening to you talking today um, would would not sort of pick up or realise that uh, back a while ago you, you suffered from stuttering, um, and we all know the story of Gareth Gates and you know how he, I, I, mean, I say, overcame the stuttering. Do you ever overcome the stuttering? Is it there, sort of, in, in the background? And I know that music sort of really helped you uh, with it, didn't it? So, so firstly, I, I make it very clear that I, I am a stutterer. I still stutter. You never really overcome stutter. You, one works out ways of managing it and integrating it into your life. And what I found is that I've needed to um, gain greater fluency in my communication purely because of the line of work that I do. I present uh, as well as a sing and act. And I got to grips with... Um, how to breathe properly when I was studying uh, singing at the Royal Academy of Music. And then it became, it dawned on me that there was this definite correlation and relationship between how we set up the breath and how we take command of how we speak and how we sing. And that when we sing, we don't stutter. And so I thought, what if there was a way that we could 
over time fashion the way we sing to sound more like speech. So in delivery, right now while I'm speaking to you, Kev, I'm really aware of essentially what I'm like doing now is I'm singing to you, so there's not much time or scope for me to stutter, but then I've shaped it and molded my voice so it doesn't sound like I'm singing to you. That's how it works. Well, I'll tell you what, you, know, you, you would not be able to tell. And I mean, we, we've all seen the film The King's Speech and everything and how that yeah. was overcome and everything. And such an amazing film. And I know that you do a lot as well uh, for, for kids you know, who, or, and, and adults who stutter and help them uh, through, it, uh, through music, which, which I think is brilliant. Uh, now, in my opinion, Walk the Line uh, is it, one of those talent shows um, that uh, it, it could have been sort of really bad or it could have been really good, especially with, with the sort of the panel there, because, I mean, who'd have thought Dawn French uh, would know so much about music? Uh, but uh, in my opinion, you, you probably had one of the best voices on that show. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's a TV talent show. Whose idea was it for you to take part? Was it you? Did someone say, I think you ought to do this? How did it all come about? First, thank you for saying those of your kind words about my voice. I was approached by one of their casting scouts, their talent scouts. And it was, we had a couple of conversations. And my first, uh, at the first instance, I was saying, okay, have you done your research? Do you know what it is that I do and what it is that I have to offer? And will will what I have to offer fit in with the program? And they said, absolutely, we're wanting to kind of showcase a whole breadth of talent, vocal talent across the United Kingdom. And the prize is uh, uh, half a million. Um, so I thought, okay, right. So um, who, what's the search looking like? Who else? Who are the other artists and so forth? And, you know, gradually as you go through the rounds, you, you, you kind of you get a little bit of insight as to the other people. And that's pretty much how it um, uh, happened for me. I was really keen. You know, I was probably one of the older contestants. But I was really keen to give the nation the opportunity to hear my voice, hear the way I sing and present the song that I sang in a way that was touching and grabbed their interest and also encouraged people to live uh, live their life a certain way. The song I sang was Mantra. It's a single that I released last year the whole concept of over, overcoming prejudice through the idea of togetherness. And I wanted to present that song, the prejudice of racial prejudice, of, of sexual orientation prejudice, of, of, of cultural prejudice. And I just thought there is an element of, there sometimes an, an element of prejudice over, of, over musical styles. So I said, well, look, this is me on a, TV talent show singing classically, but singing a song which I've written about overcoming prejudice, and it managed to do the job in terms of um, hitting the right chords with Dawn French and uh, Craig David. Uh, Alicia eventually warmed up and could see the point of the the, the story, and Gary Barlow was very um, positive. So that's why I did it. Hey, see, I know you from that song, Mantra, and I, I, I got sent the uh, the track uh, as an MP3 last uh, I think it was November time, um, and uh, we, we played it on the show. And as as soon as they announced your name, I thought, I know that name from somewhere. And as soon as you started singing Mantra, I thought, 
this, this bloke's got to go through, but, you know, it wasn't quite to be. But at least it got the message out of, uh, there. And you, it's, it's the same as any talent show, I suppose. You don't have to be a winner to be a winner. Um, and no, exactly. uh, I, I, I think that, you know, that, that just sort of it, it brought everybody to well, brought you to everybody's attention, which I, I think is, is just brilliant. And, you know, people remember uh, you from that. Tell us how you got involved in the platinum record, because there's uh, the, the records, Elizabeth uh, II, the platinum record. That is uh, is that out at the moment or is that due to come out? Um, because the, the it's two due to come out next uh, this uh, this coming Thursday, the 21st. Brilliant stuff. Uh, the track that we've uh, we've just played, the four British colonies. And then there's another track on there, which we're going to play uh, shortly called We Thank You From Our Hearts. How did you get involved with all of that with Leslie Garrett and the London Community Gospel Choir? Yes. So um, again, through the work that I've that I've been doing, I've been working alongside um, I have a, a wonderful team uh, who um, keep an eye out for opportunities for me. And I was approached about this project and saw it as an saw it again as an opportunity for me to to represent to. Um, share my instrument, my talent with uh, as many people as I can. And the bottom line is to celebrate and to, to, to thank the work and the service that um, the human being, Her Majesty, has, um, uh, has given us over the years. Despite all, you know, it, it hasn't all been, um, her journey has not been an easy one. It's been, as the song suggests, it's been filled with pain and loss, just like all of us. But um, she has remained steadfast and constant throughout, and it's it, it is a really it's a a good example for all of us. And that uh, that album is out th- this Thursday. That's correct, alongside the Four British Nations. Brilliant stuff uh, by Olga Thomas. Yes. Lovely stuff. Well, we'll play through the tracker very shortly. So um, I, I know that you've got to dash off to get a train very shortly. Uh, so I, are you still performing in Les Mis at the moment? Yes, I am. I I've been doing that for a while, and um, again, it's a departure. It was a departure from what I used to do operatically, but I felt um, that I needed a little bit of a um, of a change of scene, and really got the bug of performing musicals uh, a couple of years ago when I was involved in on the town at English National Opera and Sweet Charity um, with uh, Denise Van Alten and um, Michael Xavier. These were wonderful opportunities that I thought that I could um, still use the way I sing to bring these musicals to life. And I was given this opportunity of performing the role of the Bishop of Dean in Les Mis. And um, I'm looking forward to um, what else comes around the corner. Well, I tell you, I I I, know, I love theatre. I love musical theatre, and I love Les Mis. It's it's one of my favourite musicals. And I I know through talking to sort of local actors and, and sort of other actors uh, and performers, just how difficult theatre is. Um, a lot of people probably think, you know, you turn up, you go on stage, you do your bit, you go home. It's so much more than that, isn't it? So, and and I suppose in a way, it keeps you on top of your game and keeps you fit as well, doesn't it? It's a tremendously demanding uh, job physically and I would dare say more mentally. Um, 
and especially you know over the last couple of years with the stress of the um, the pandemic, it's it's really uh, pushed people to um, the max. And I'm really proud of my colleagues and how they've generally weathered the storm and remain creative in their endeavours to keep the um, the industry alive and to to honour the passion of performance that they have. And uh, it, it's great even on a local level to see just how, how well theatre is being sort of received again and people are rushing back to the theatre because, because they need it. They need uh, something like that in their lives. So, um, so how can we find out more about you, Rodney, uh, about your music, your performances, uh, and, of, and, of course, this new record? Where can people go to, to find out more about you? Well, I'm, I'm present on Instagram and Facebook and Rodney L. Clark, at Rodney L. Clark, and I have a website, www.rodneylclark.com, and you can find out all what's happening <laughs> in my life. And also, for those out there who are wanting some assistance with their speech or are suffering with a, a, a stutter, please feel free to check out singingspeaking.com. So rodneylclark.com forward slash singingspeaking, and there's all the information about the online course that I have devised to help you. Brilliant stuff. And I know last week was Leslie Garrett's birthday. Um, so did uh, did you send her a present? Did you send her a card? What did you get her? What? Did... I I sent her I sent her a little text, but I'm going to be seeing her very soon, so I'll probably buy a glass of champagne. Ah, I'm sure she'll enjoy that as, as well. <laughs> so so. And just before we do let you go, it is Easter Sunday, of course. Uh, are, are you partaking of any Easter eggs on your way down to London? Yes, I would. I had some yesterday, and I shall. I shall. I shall. I've made sure that I've left some space for some more. What's your favourite Easter egg then? Oh, that would be telling. Oh, okay. But I don't like. I don't. I. I don't like them too sweet. The the ones are great, but prefer the bigger ones where you get a little bit of a surprise inside. They're hollow. You can nibble them at the end. Oh, you can't. You can't beat a bit of a surprise, can you? Yeah, <laughs> so, Rodney, Great. I'm so pleased that we managed to get hold of you uh, and have a chat and found out more about you. Have a safe journey uh, down to London. Uh, and how long's the the rest of the run for Lamez? Oh, I, I'm. It's Lamez will never end, and I and, and my contribution will keep going for a good a good three or four months. So yes, brilliant stuff. So if anybody wants to pop down and, and see you um, in Lamez, they can do it. There's still plenty of time, and uh, don't forget the album. Um, the Platinum Collection is out this Thursday, so you can hear more of Rodney's wonderful voice. And Mantra's still available as well. Um, so we look forward to uh, to more music coming from you uh, later on in the year, hopefully. Yes, indeed, you will. Brilliant stuff. Have a good journey and have a great Easter Sunday, Rodney. Thanks so much. You too. Happy Easter.